Folks, uh, we had uh, a very common slogan in Pakistan uh, until uh, uh, 2000, and that's called Triple A: Allah, America, and Army. Uh, there is uh, a lot of facts behind this because the Pakistan Army used uh, Americans and uh, American technological uh, power for the military to uh, challenge India and uh, be, be a threat to Iran and Afghanistan. Uh, after uh, the 2000, after the 9-11, that uh, changed and then America slowly slipped away from uh, Pakistan influence and now it gives more importance to India and uh, the reason being uh, the 9-11 uh, opened the eyes of Americans uh, and the reason why 9-11 happened was the Afghan war uh, after one war, the Americans uh, left Afghanistan without doing anything positive to its culture or its improvement in civil life. And then uh, Pakistan's ISI uh, was the only one to take care of this. India and Iran had very little influence or interest in it, and thereby we saw Osama bin Laden taking over Afghanistan and then uh, created the havoc of 9-11. Osama uh, bin Laden, as I have said before, was sent by Saudis because the Saudis uh, used their oil power to control other Muslim countries and they knew that uh, Osama outside Saudi Arabia is much better. In Saudi Arabia, he was supposed to create a lot of problems for Saudi kings and they did not allow, allow it, <coughs> particularly after the Kuwait war uh, when uh, Saudis they uh, asked for help from Americans and the Osama bin Laden and his uh, terrorist group Al-Qaeda were not happy. Anyway, coming back to the um, Triple A, uh, Allah, America, um, and Army. Uh, the Allah was basically the influence of mullahs in Pakistan. And the military journals of Pakistan, they use these mullahs for their uh, purposes uh, in every aspect of uh, Pakistan's life whether it was uh, religious, political, social, or harassing India in Kashmir and other parts of the world, the mullahs played a vital uh, role. Uh, we see, we heard of uh, this um, uh, Tablighi Jamaat, which was actually is a group of uh, senior retired uh, people from business and from military and from uh, the government, uh, they formed uh, this drama and uh, 
then uh, the ISI had had an influence on them very well. They used them very well. After the Afghan war, <coughs> or even before the Afghan war, uh, when the Yom Kippur war of 1973 in Israel happened, uh, and, and uh, <coughs> Bhutto tried to uh, create some influence in Muslim world, he uh, invited uh, a meeting of uh, OIC. OIC was created uh, in the 70s and its first meeting I believe was done in Rabat. But after the 1973 war everything changed and Bhutto took that advantage and uh, started uh, talking about <coughs> the, the war. Another purpose of his was that he wanted to have Bangladesh accepted and that's actually what he achieved. Uh, he accepted uh, Bangladesh on the uh, 22nd February and the meeting started in 24th. But the result of inducing or getting closer to Arab world uh, became uh, very uh, dangerous for Pakistan. Uh, these mullahs, they became more powerful and the Arab world, particularly Saudis, they started uh, supporting these gangs, particularly the Wahhabi gangs, which was uh, the party of Mufti Mahmud, whose head now is his son, Fazlur Rahman. And the Wahhabis thought this is a golden chance for us to uh, control the country and then unfortunately the uh, Afghan war started and then uh, the Pakistan army started this drama of jihad and shaheed which is basically uh, uh, Wahhabi uh, ideology uh, other sects were not into that much but the, with Saudi money and some American military help uh, they overpowered the Russians and the Russians left, I believe, in 1985. After the Russians left, these Wahhabis became boldened and uh, the madrasas they created, like Akura Khatak and others, they created uh, Taliban type of uh, warriors who went to Afghanistan and overpowered the Afghan government and they hanged his uh, leader and uh, then the, we saw Osama bin Laden uh, going to Afghanistan and taking over that country and that uh, created uh, religious fervor in uh, Pakistani uh, Wahhabi mullahs and they made a lot of money. They used to walk on foot and or drive bicycles. Then they got pajeros and cars and all that thing. But that was very devastating for the country because the Afghan war created a, a stupid sense that if we do what Arabs did in 7th century, we can conquer the world. Uh, these stupid mullahs and a uh, lot of their uh, educated uh, supporters, even uh, many 
so-called intellectuals and academics they spread false claims uh, made wrong history and thereby only uh, destroyed their generation the the arab uh, uh, arab imperialism of 7th century was in no way a civilized movement and it was basically uh, an imperialism which had no rights for non non muslims or even non arab muslims non arab muslims were humiliated harassed killed and exploited for hundreds of years because of this anyway uh, coming back to the uh, allah part of it uh, these mullahs the the bahabi mullah became emboldened but in the meantime we had another gang of mullahs uh, which were sufi mullahs they actually have worked uh, since the time of uh, invaders to india uh, most many of these sufis they came with those invaders starting from uh, mahmud ghaznavi and other uh, people uh, mahmud ghaznavi only came to plunder but some uh, invaders like tughlaq and uh, other people they came to rule india and they established their uh, power base in delhi and different part of india and these mullahs who came with them they became their big supporters they were basically spies for kings and they got a lot of favors and favoritism and they were they started uh, sufism which was actually uh, started back in uh, 9th century in the middle east but we are not talking about middle east we are talking about pakistan so those sufis will uh, continuously empower themselves uh, their dargahs and khanqahs and all those religious places they became filthy rich and they exploited the local populace and worked with the people in power all over pakistan and even in india when pakistan was created the sufis uh, were uh, allowed to continue with this their uh, drama and stupidity and the state uh, never tried to control them in india they did uh, made laws whereby these religious places were under the control of indian government and they could appoint anybody as head of state and control their agenda unfortunately we did not do that in pakistan and this uh, sufism continued in a hereditary way means the father and son and then son and then son and that way their power wealth and control remain in the family and the family became very powerful with by day uh, they actually became so, so powerful they they uh, call them as king makers and uh, today they have influence on uh, locally people they have influence on military they work with the ghq and they 
can topple any civilian government as and when they get a nod from the military journal of the time. This they have done every time a civilian government is established and it is harassed by ISI. Uh, the Sufi mullahs, uh, as I said, were the right hand of the kings and invaders and then were involved in many wars between Muslims and Hindus and uh, wherever they got involved seriously, uh, the Muslims always suffered because they have no idea how a country is run. India hardly had about couple of dozen Sufi places until 1200 and then after 1200 particularly on the western part of India in Punjab and Sindh their numbers started growing because the people thought that if we can have a Mazar we have a continuous source of income so everybody started uh, converting himself to uh, Sayyid while none of them was, all the invaders were either uh, Iranians or Central Asians or Afghans. They have no relation with the family of Muhammad or even Ali. Uh, then uh, at the Mughal uh, Empire also we had a lot of these uh, people, the Sufi gang particularly, uh, very active. The, the number of Sufi centers increased to almost over 200 and they became an integral part of Mughal administration. They infiltrated into management and same time power struggle. The Mughal dynasty's downfall came from these Sufi crooks who pit Aurangzeb against his brother Darashiko after when the Shah Jahan got fell ill and he supported Darashiko to take over. The two brothers were so much into Sufi faith that their fight ended one killing and beheading the other and Aurangzeb triumphed. Uh, Darashiko was kind of liberal Sufi but uh, the tactics of uh, Aurangzeb were more effective and then he was uh, caught I believe from Sindh and then later executed. The Aurangzeb's radical mentality against other faiths like Sikhs and uh, Marathas created a never-ending conflict and series of wars. Instead of nation building, he got trapped in radical Sufism and annoyed vast populace. The Sufi mullah around him totally blinded him, took away his hereditary ruling instincts and made him big mullah called Wali, the master of religion. Filthy rich and powerful Sufis spread many false assumptions like he get his bread by selling his Quranic calligraphy and makes some caps. 
imagine a hun a kingdom and its ruler will waste his time in such low cost job to get two times bread but sufis and lies and fake claims are well documented in history as a matter of fact you can see any sufi darga or khanka and then you will hear all these kind of dramas like the one in uh, we have about uh, uh, abdullah shahazi or shahbaz kalandar that one of their uh, uh, disciple which was he was killed and dismembered but the people saw that disciple next year is still coming and doing tawaf as if these sufis have bigger power than the god himself or the, the prophet so and every even living mullah sufis sufi mullahs have made unimaginable claims like our kurk tahirul qadri he claimed on on the tv on the video in the video that when he was 33 years old the angel of death came to came and prophet muhammad intervened on his behalf three times to extend his life to 63 years the age of muhammad the crook is now 70 years old and is still kicking he asks for expensive gifts whenever wherever he goes for preaching he has his followers all over the world and creates big drama while preaching he mesmerizes them by stupid claims and have over 20 books opened and marked in front of him to show off that he is a real deal the fact is every mullah preacher and imam is copy and paste expert because mullahs were always in second in was second in command after caliph and king they had plenty of time to write crap after crap read 10 religious books and they are all photocopies of each other the uneducated and totally drama mullah in pakistan are clear proof that everything they see is lies and lies unfortunately these mullahs have so much control over poor muslims in their community even large metropolis with their ill-gotten wealth and land no one can challenge them and they are having all the fun at the cost of poor in pakistan gsu is using them to sabotage democracy and harass civilians no wonder they come out on the on the nod as soon as they see any indication from GHQ and they make senseless issues of blasphemy apostasy quran and what not if you look into the life of a mullah and his schedule you will see they that do they do nothing all their life they pray in the morning then go home and sleep until 10 11 am
do heavy breakfast then sleep again after 1:20 the time of zuhur prayer they pray about 30 minutes and then go home again and eat after 2 hours nap they go for asr prayers after asr they stay few hours in mosque issuing paid fatwas collecting free money and after that maghrib prayers they either stay at mosque until isha or go home after isha around 8:30 pm they go home and sleep again that is why every mulla and preacher has 56 inch belly they are so fat that after 50 years they get diabetes heart disease and die early uh reason aside their main dangerous effect on society is that they are against entertainment they are against women right they are against creating any job their control is like they have strangulated the whole nation and created a society where job growth is illegal almost no with no women rights there the society or trade or factories cannot run that is why we have a pakistan where you will never see a help wanted sign no matter even if it, if the wealth comes from the sky and comes in billions unless the society develops from the bottom and the people have education people have knowledge and people have rights the job growth is not possible historically if we see how sufis spread first in middle east and then other countries we can we can we can say that sufism was we can see that sufism was started around 100 years after muhammad's death because the non arabs realized that islam by muhammad was a racist religion and four caliphs umayyads never allowed any non arab any human right or share in power even non arabs were not allowed to adopt arab names to get some favors or to get their rights they that created lot of resentment among iranians and central asians and they started this faith we know as sufism and as i said earlier it's really not islam it's a mixture of uh, some monotheist thought of one god and then the ideology of hindus and buddhists and uh, many part of it are actually for taken from zoroastrianism the the parsi faith because it allowed some rights to non arabs they spread very quickly and within 100 years of collapse of abbasids the muhammad islam was totally eliminated then came shias who overpowered sufis keeping the same values and the 12th were islam 12th were shias who believe in 12 imams uh, then became the most powerful among them and then they threw 
Hawi, lot of this uh, fifth uh, and sixth Imam followers like uh, Ahani, Smileys, and uh, Bodhis, and all of them from Iran who then migrated to India. And now in India and Pakistan, they are more interested in business. In in 11th century, we saw a radical Islam from uh, uh, Ismaili sect, uh, which was called the assassins. So they used to assassin anybody they don't like and created big fuss in every government wherever they were. In Pakistan, the earliest preachers were Ismailis, which worked with local population in, in Punjab and established their uh, madrasas or whatever you call it, the khankas. And in 10th to 15th century, we saw the mushrooming of Sufi places in hundreds and thousands and they all became power brokers. Their power remained unaffected during British rule because they worked closely with them to make sure there is no further mutiny like 1857. All mullahs supporting Mughals sided with British secretly or openly and help them establish the rule and the rule of law. Sufis have almost 100 denominations and uh, anybody uh, who has some control on, of an area starts a Sufi denomination and then starts fooling the people of his area. If they get a chance, they expand to other areas and then become more rich and powerful. Sufis draw their lineage from Ali. While none of the Ali's family member ever came to India. And the Sufis have very strange way of authenticating their lineage using Hindu philosophy. They claim Allah and Muhammad comes in their dream and appoints them the king of the area they control, like Sultanul Hind and Sultanul Sindh and Sultanul Punjab and whatnot. Recently, we had another Sufi coming on the national TV who probably has started Sultanul America drum. And these people, every day, they say 100% lies. Another important head of Sufi clan is Abdul Qadir Jilani, was also the biggest drama, Sufi and his miracles, known to every Sufi on, as his followers. His, uh, his, date, his date of the death is celebrated by Shias and Sunni alike with the religious fervor. They call it Kunde Sharif. 
although Abdul Qadir Jilani was no sharif in any standard. According to him, he is from the lineage of Muhammad, although he was born in Jilan, a small town in Iran. According to him, while traveling to Baghdad, he converted 40 plus decoits as his followers after watching his honesty. When he reached Baghdad, Allah came in his dream and ordered him to get out of the city. So he went to desert and had not and did not eat anything for a year and did not drink anything for a year. Then Allah was kind enough to allow him to enter Baghdad. According to Jilani, when he was kid, he used to vanish from his caretaker's lap and will say hello to her to her behind the sun. When a follower asked him if he can do it now, he said, I have ten sons in, inside me now. Then according to him, when he was twenty years old, he went for a hajj with one of his friends and an Ethiopian young woman came running towards him and told him Allah came in his dream and demanded that I go to Hajj and meet the best Sufi ever. I see those signs of greatness on your face. While talking, the night fell and a bowl of curry and six breads came from the sky. She said, this is the proof you are the great one because every day Allah sends me two loaves of breads and bowl of curry. But today he has sent six breads and curry. So he made really so many funny claims that if you even teach this to a second grader, I'm sure he will laugh it out. In those days when there was no hope, no internet, no telephone, these crooks will claim whatever they want to authenticate their status and make money. He married at least 30 plus times and had 17 sons and many daughters. That is what Mullah do even today. throughout the world. There are scores of certified certified stories by, by the Sufi clans infested in Pakistan. Every Sufi has a miracle associated to him which is nothing but a joke. The bottom line is that religion aside no society can progress and poor can never get their rights unless all these crooks power and places are taken over by the government like the indian government who controls the most powerful religious places particularly hindu places because they are so rich 
Pakistan has to make laws whereby all this ill-gotten wealth in thousands and thousands of acres, which I am sure they took by force from the poor of their area, is taken away, comes under government control, so that its benefit can be passed on to the poor and the rest of the Pakistanis. Today we have very serious issues uh, with respect to these madrasas, khanqas and other places of Mullah gang and an international watchdog organization FATF is demanding government of Pakistan to take over these places and make sure that no money is used in terrorism, money laundering and others. Pakistan is in grey list at this time and the government does not do it, it will go into blacklist. And once it goes in blacklist, it will be worse than Iran. Today, Iran's currency has fallen down so much that one dollar is equal to 230,000 toman. Imagine, in 1979, one dollar was equal to five tomans. We have Pak rupees, one dollar equal to 165 rupees. If Pakistan does not do that and get rid of this Mullah gang's power, the country will be facing a monumental economic collapse and the, it will vanish, will become a history within a year. It is very important that the government, GHQ, come to their senses and no matter how, they have to control these gangs because they have literally destroyed the vision of Qaeda's. God bless.